Hey guys, welcome back to the Life by Taylor podcast where we learn and grow together daily. It was really important for me that today we do not just disregard the shooting that happened yesterday and as I thought about what I could talk about and what I could read from, I decided to share something that I think will be very helpful for people who have a hard time coming to terms with the darkness and the evil that is out there in the world. I'm a highly empathetic person and I can feel for other people very deeply and that has led me to sometimes disconnect emotionally from situations or sometimes get really sucked into sucked into the darkness and spiral in these thought patterns of what's the point and what's the point of even trying to help people because there's so much evil in this world and making things like this make sense can be really, really heavy and hard. There have been so many times on my own spiritual journey where I find myself really for that reason, where I can only see all of the darkness and I can feel it so deeply. And I'm like, where do I even start to make a difference? And how do I even, and how do I go about my daily life being happy and at peace when there's so much tragedy and so much negativity in this world? whether it's a terrorist attack in Tel Aviv or the homeless people I see on a daily basis, these horrific shootings that we're hearing about every other week. And and it is really hard to come back to that place of living as light in this world when there is darkness. So on today's podcast episode, I wanted to share where I'm currently at in coming to terms with this and processing this kind of stuff because I'm very much in the process of still reading and looking for guidance in this. I always think to myself that if I had an opportunity to sit with some of the spiritual leaders that I look up to, this is what I would talk about. How do you live a life where you carry light and you experience inner peace and gratitude and acceptance when there is so much darkness? How do you find the balance of protecting yourself and your energy and at the same time wanting to do something about it or make a difference in this world? How do you not fall into the ignorance and the temptation of just being insensitive to it completely because it's not you and it's not your family and it's not someone you know and it just feels so painful that it's easier to just turn the other way. I'm going to do my very best to speak about this today in the most sensitive way possible. Just know that as difficult as these things might be to talk about and the approaches that I'm going to propose, I am still very much struggling to come to terms with them. As much as I can understand them intellectually, and I actually do respect anyone who's able to live by them, I think it takes a very powerful soul and a very high level of spirituality to actually apply this perspective. And it's important for me to say that this is something that is probably one of the things that I struggle with most. Now, before I read this to you guys, I want to encourage you again to come into this with an open heart and an open mind. Take what you need. Do not force it. If it speaks to you, great. Sometimes it's about timing. Sometimes it's about being in the right headspace to receive this type of information. And I've recently really been looking for answers to these questions. And these are some of the things that have provided me some form of relief and some fresh air around the darkness and the heaviness that I feel when things like this happen. So I'm going to start by reading a poem by a famous Vietnamese Buddhist monk named Thich Nhat Hanh. He passed away not too long ago, actually this January, and and I came across this quote in a lecture by Ram Das where he is speaking about an unconditional love for life. And he starts by saying that he's recently fallen in love with the universe and all that unfolds in this world, and that it's really hard for him to talk about because it's kind of hard to talk about how you could love 
even the most evil and dark parts of reality. So I'm going to read this poem that he refers to in his lecture. I'm going to talk a little bit about his lecture and what he says and his approach to this. And then I'm going to give you my take on it and what has helped me in all of this. So let's begin. Don't say that I will depart tomorrow. Even today, I am still arriving. Look deeply. Every second, I am arriving. To be a bud on a spring branch, to be a tiny bird with still fragile wings, learning to sing in my new nest, to be a caterpillar in the heart of a flower, to be a jewel hiding itself in a stone. I still arrive in order to laugh and to cry, to fear and to hope. The rhythm of my heart is the birth and death of all that is alive. I am a mayfly metamorphosing on the surface of the river, and I am the bird that swoops down to swallow the mayfly. I am a frog swimming happily in the clear water of a pond, and I am the grass snake that silently feeds itself on the frog. I am the child in Uganda, all skin and bones, my legs as thin as bamboo sticks, and I am the arms merchant selling deadly weapons to Uganda. I am the 12-year-old girl, refugee on a small boat, who throws herself into the ocean after being raped by a sea pirate. And I am also the pirate, my heart not yet capable of seeing and loving. My joy is like spring, so warm. It makes flowers bloom all over the earth. My pain is like a river of tears, so vast it fills the four oceans. Please call me by my true names so I can hear all my cries and laughter at once, so I can see that my joy and my pain are one. Please call me by my true names so I can wake up and the door of my heart could be left open, the door of compassion. My take on this poem and what I understood also based on Ram Dass's interpretation of this poem is awareness exists behind separation. When we are in the state of awareness, we do not see good or bad, light or dark. And that's something that's really hard to come to terms with because when horrific things like what happened yesterday happen, it's very hard to watch them from a place of awareness. It is so clearly tragic from a human perspective from an emotional place. It is impossible to hear that news and to see these children's faces and to imagine being their parents and not feeling so deeply and not hurting so much. But the idea is that we have to let ourselves feel the pain the same way we feel love and be aware at the same time that both are necessary in reality. When I was reading from Be Here Now, which is another one of Ram Dass's books, he talks about how when he met his guru in India, his guru used to say to him, don't you see it's all perfect? And he would say, what? Perfect? What about all of the children starving? What about all of the violence, all of the corruption, all of the greed, all of the murder? How is it all perfect? And his guru would describe that it's all perfect in its lawful unfolding, that by nature, duality must exist. It's actually impossible to feel 
all of the pain, for all of the suffering, all of the negativity that happens in this world. And that's why when you go down that path, you are often left feeling powerless, helpless, and depressed. Because where do you begin? Where do you start to feel? Where does my heart go out to? Where do I start to let myself actually feel for the people starving, for the people living beneath the poverty line, for people who are less fortunate than me in many ways, for people who are disabled, for people who are grieving? Where do you begin? And Ram Das says that that truth in how difficult it is to truly feel and understand, truly feel for all of the people suffering forces us to create this armor around our heart and protect ourselves from ever suffering, guarding ourselves. And I think that's where most people are coming from when they're insensitive to these things, when they've kind of become passive. It's just too painful. It's not that they don't care. It's actually too hard to care the more we're exposed to all of these negative things happening in the world which is something no other generation has had access to this much information. We actually are bombarded with every terrible thing happening in the world all at once simultaneously. And you're almost forced to be numb to it because if not, you would be miserable. So Ram Das explains that this actually comes back to the conflict between the heart and the mind. The heart has no boundaries. The heart wants to feel for everyone. The heart wants to just help everyone. The heart's like, take, take whatever I have. Let me just help. And the mind responds by saying, no, you, I mean, you can't. You, you won't have anything if you do that because there's endless amounts of people to help. Ram Das in this lecture proposes the question, so how do you keep an open heart in hell? Because there's so much suffering in this world. There's so much tragedy. How do you keep your heart open and not close it off and not become numb to the suffering of others? How? How do you not become insensitive? He talks about how he was visiting patients that were terminally ill and visiting one of his patients who was going to die most likely from AIDS. He explains that his human heart was able to feel with this person, but at the same time that he was feeling with this person, there's an awareness far greater than his human experience that accepts reality as it is, that trusts the unfolding of reality, that sees this other human being as a spiritual entity fulfilling the curriculum of its soul. From the point of view of his personality, he said, it would be unbearable to see it that way. It's too unfair. It's too painful. It's too hard. It's too sad. But the only way to come to peace with it, the only way to truly exist on this earth with everything that's happening that is dark and negative and evil is to be able to do both, to be able to be happy and to be sad, to be able to experience peace and joy in this present moment and still feel for the people who are grieving and who lost their children yesterday to a senseless evil act. It requires vulnerability. Because nothing, in in no moment, even in the most positive experience of our life, is it fully good. Because we have no way of knowing how it's going to play out. And even in the most horrific tragedies, we have no way of knowing the deeper unfolding of what that tragedy leads to. In John Kabat-Zinn's masterclass on mindfulness, he talks about one of the principles of mindfulness being acceptance and how people misunderstand acceptance, that people think it means just 
having passive resignation to what's going on, to saying, not me, not my family, not my business, who cares? He explains that acceptance is actually seeing the complexity and the simplicity of reality as it is. It actually allows us to have much more deep and insightful understanding of things as they are and not to be possessed by our human emotions and our reactions to what's happening. We end up giving away a lot of our power when we are too much in the human experience, experiencing it. I see people who completely shut down when things like this happen in the world. I've experienced that, where I just want to hide in a ball in my room and just not exist in this world, knowing that things like this happen. What good does that do? What change can I make from that place? I give away all of my power to that darkness. The ideal place to get to, you know, the where I'm striving to go. Again, I told you guys I'm very much in the process of working on this because it's really hard. Is to be able to feel and be aware simultaneously. Aware of the fact that life is as it's meant to be, even in its most horrific manifestations. This world is full of suffering. Ter- there are terrible things happening everywhere. And a lot of times I'll see people shame others for existing happily and blissfully and at peace while that's happening. And that's not right either. Because what good would it do if we all punished ourselves for the evil that exists? Instead of seeing ourselves in everything, realizing that true, true living is being able to exist with both parts of us, the light, the darkness, the good, the bad. I don't have advice for you. I don't really know what to tell you about how to apply this into your daily life or what to do with this information. For myself personally, I'm really trying to stay committed to existing in duality, surrendering to duality. When I moved back to LA, I found myself when I would see there's a lot more homeless people now than there ever were when I grew up here. And there was a part of me that would just turn the other way, ignore it. Don't want to see it. Don't want to feel it. Don't want to know it's there. Like almost as if not looking would make it easier. <laughs> I actually saw a quote on Instagram today, another Ram Dass quote where he tells a story that I'll share with you guys about how protecting yourself from not being exposed to the suffering doesn't help. There is a tendency in us to find suffering aversive. And so we want to distance ourselves from it. And so if there are suffering people, you want to look at them on television or meet them, but then keep a distance from them because you are afraid you will drown in it. You are afraid you will drown in the pain that will be unbearable. And the fact of the matter is you have to. You finally have to. Because if you close your heart down to anything in the universe, it's got you. You are then at the mercy of suffering. And to have finally dealt with suffering You have to consume it into yourself. This means you have to, with eyes open, be able to keep your heart open in hell. You have to look at what is and say, yeah, right. And what it involves is bearing the unbearable. And in a way, who you think you are can't do it. Who you really are can do it. What that means to me is instead of turning my eyes away from human suffering, it's being able to feel, is being able to feel for people's suffering 
And at the same time, hold that awareness so that through feeling for them, I can actually stay with an open heart and empathy for them, compassion for them, but not give my power away to the suffering where I become helpless and powerless and doing anything. When I would volunteer with kids with cancer, I was much younger. I was, I was very unaware of any of these things. I would get totally sucked into the sympathy. I would come home and cry and cry and cry and cry. And I guess there was a part of me that was aware enough to get up the next day and put on a good face and make deep connections with these kids and help them feel better as much as possible because I, on some level, rationally accepted that I cannot get rid of their cancer and that there will be kids with cancer in this world and that's not going to change. And being completely sucked in to my emotional human reaction to it would get me nowhere and do nothing about the situation. To come back to what inspired this episode, I think it is so important not to be passive to what happened yesterday. It is so important to lean in and really take the time to feel for all of the people who lost their children or lost a loved one in yesterday's tragedy, but at the same time, to not forget the awareness that is behind the division between good and evil to see these children as spiritual entities that had a soul contract that left this earth in a brutal way, but are parts of the unfolding of this universe as it is. That is the only way for us to truly feel and not give away our ability to make a change in this world. That is the only way that we can allow ourselves to continue living life with an open heart. Otherwise, We will close our heart eventually because it becomes way too painful. Thanks again for listening. I will, I will be back tomorrow.